The Doctor Is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. And doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. Glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> you don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. Let's start out with a little bit of transparency. This is not E-Person Monday, which usually Mondays are. This is U-Person Monday. I just made that up. It's not very good. It's kind of clunky. You people aren't paying for this, so you're not getting my best stuff. This call in today, every so often, dispense with heading through the emails and talk to both males and females on this program. So if you call in, you will get the talented Dan McGraw, who's filling in for Andrew Kruchek today. And Melissa, uh, there was some complaints. People would say, Dr. I'd like to call in, but you're a little intimidating. You need to be a little more sensitive. Hey, come on. I got toxic. I got toxic sensitivity. You get Melissa. She's very sweet, she's very soft, she's very kind. She'll talk with you, and you can stop right there if you want. You just simply say, I'm just going to talk with Melissa. I don't really think I need to talk to that Roy Ganuti guy. So, the number to talk to Melissa, 877-573-7825-877. That's not an easy number to remember at all. At all. 877-57-EQUAL. That's much easier, acronymically speaking. You, if, if Melissa lets you, you can talk to me. But she is the gatekeeper. She decides. So today is a day that you can call in. We are live. This is not E-Person Monday. You can call for any reason. Particular individual situation stumping you. Not stumping you. You think it should, but you're not bothered by it, and that bothers you. Generic situation, something you really just don't understand about the human condition, about yourself. My favorite topics are psychology and faith, how they intersect and how they collide. And many of you call in helping others, which is a really neat thing because you really don't get days off. Well, you do. You do get days off purgatory if you listen to the program. I am the only program on Catholic media that can take days off your purgatory because I can be so irritating to listen to. However, you can get some more days off your purgatory if you call in to help somebody else. So, 877-57-EQUAL. And if we don't get many calls, I'm going to blame Melissa. It's not me. She's the only thing different. She is the only difference from normal call screaming on this program. You better call. Just if just call to say, hi, Melissa, how are you? Just to make her feel somewhat valuable we deal with positive self images here i'm okay you're okay but your kid could be a brat 877 57 equal is the number to call get onto the program i've often said on this program that in the summertime the call volume is down and that's true 
As it, as it heads into the summer, people are busier. They're not so much locked up in the house. And this may not be true down in Texas. I was in Uvalde, Texas for a men's conference this weekend. The temperature on, I think it was Friday or Saturday, was a balmy, just a balmy, 106. That's right. You don't realize how hot 106 is until you got to breathe it. Whew. Almost drowned in the humility. <clears throat> humidity. Next day, though, it dropped. It cooled down. It really cooled down. We went ice skating. Dropped down to 99. So, well, I was cold. I had a sweater on. All you people in the northern peninsula are giggling. I know. I know. Okay. So I want to thank all the folks in Uvalde. Got to talk to border agents and a whole lot of people down there. It was a wonderful, great visit. Thank you very much. I got a theory I call the 369 theory. If you see a three-year-old, you know of a three-year-old, or perhaps somehow, some way, you are informed of the tragedy in this three-year-old's life. Sexually abused, terribly mistreated, his whole existence, he's a victim. He's just a victim. Nobody, nobody should have to deal with that at age three. So, three years later, he's six. Hence my 3693. He's six. He's experiencing the same. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. He just had three more years of it. As a little six-year-old, you, you see him as even more of a victim, right? He's had more years of being mistreated terribly. He's got no stability. He's got no guidance. He may not have any love. The poor thing has got to, got to navigate this life existence on his own. It's a tragedy. As Benedict Grishel used to say, some kids are born without a chance. He's nine now. More of the same, more of the same. He's older, and so he's becoming a little more assertive, a little more problematic for people around him. But for the most part, you look at the whole dynamic and you say, this poor kid's got no chance. Fast forward. I'm going to break out of my 369. Fast forward to... 18. Double the nine. Nothing has really changed in the stability and the love, the lack of love in this child's life. Nothing. However, he is no longer a victim. He is now a predator. As a predator... He gets the opprobrium. I've been waiting to use that word. He gets the opprobrium of people around him. He's trash. Ugly, nasty, vicious, terrible, awful, conscienceless human being. That's what he is. Piece of human debris. That's what he is. What's changed? What is changed? 
he got more and more of the same victim input. And mistreated for longer years, but at some point, at some point, our perception changed. Nothing changed for him. It changed for us. We went from viewing him as a victim to now viewing him as a predator. Don't mishear me. I'm not saying he doesn't need to be stopped. And I'm not saying that people don't need to be protected from him. And I'm not saying that what he is doing or has done is not horribly wrong. All those. What I'm saying is, as Christians, when our Lord said, don't judge, we can't look at him and say, you are a wretched piece of doggy do." You don't deserve to live. Since I was on this radio a few weeks ago, I spoke to the men at the Marion Correctional Institute in Ohio. It was called Griever's Call. Griever's Call was put together by an inmate about 17 years ago or maybe nine years ago, I don't remember the exact number, because I believe his daughter died while he was incarcerated. He could do nothing about it. And he pointed out how often that the guys that are incarcerated, their loved ones die. One guy got up and said, since he's been incarcerated, 40 people in his circle have died. Couldn't be part of, of any of it. Couldn't be a part of it. And I was talking with those guys, and some of them were in there for murder. Most of them were in there because that murder occurred back when they were in their teens and 20s, and now they're 40s and 50s and 60s. No doubt in my mind. Well, they were all in there because Griever's Call is predominantly a Christian gathering. They were all in there because they were seeking the Lord. Yeah, what they did was terrible. But I'll tell you what, if I got a chance to sit and talk any amount of time with each of those guys, I doubt that I would have heard much Oh, yes. Yes, I've had a wonderful life. My parents were wonderful, loving people who took care of me. We had a warm home existence. Yeah, I just, when I got to be about 19, I decided I just wanted to be violent. Yeah, there may be one or two guys in there like that. One guy did get up and talk about how his pampered existence, that he turned his back on all that. But most of them, most of them, You'd have no trouble understanding the 369. The point is this. Be very careful how you judge. Someone can do great wrong. And they deserve to punish for it. And they may have to be separated from society because they could hurt again. But they're not pieces of trash. 877-573-7825, Dr. Ray. 
Living the Beatitudes with Father Bjorn. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. We get what we look for. St. Therese of Lisieux has an interesting insight on this. Once in a discussion over the possibility of avoiding purgatory, the future saint told another member of her community, Sister Maria Fabronia, that God was more father than judge. And in this discussion, debate, she finally took the liberty of saying to the other sister, If you look for the justice of God, you will get it. The soul will receive from God exactly what she desires. Are we full of wounds and anger and hurt, and do we want to inflict that on other people? Are we allowing God to heal us? If we receive his mercy, we have to show it to others. The Beatitudes are the heart of Jesus' message. Let's be transformed by them. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. For more about the Beatitudes, visit EWTNRC.com. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Jazz whistling there. Nobody whistles anymore. Whistling had its peak in the early 60s on the Andy Griffith Show. This is Dr. Ray. When I was at Case Institute of Technology, the Newman Center, the Catholic Campus Center, had prayer groups. And I would go. One particular prayer group, and uh, I found out that the priests there and uh, many of the students, well, there weren't that many, maybe 10, 12, were very charismatic. Charismatic. They prayed in tongues. They said prayers over me. And I kind of just stood there. I was an engineering student, so I was <laughs> like, whoa. You know, I grew up with kind of a more sedate, sober Catholic upbringing, and I'd really just first been exposed to this whole charismatic expression of the faith. And I remember the priest trying to be the bridge between my solid rationalism and all these students praying all over me and talking about how they needed to, in fact, praying these tongues and understanding. And he said, he, he thanked the Lord that I was there to offer a counterbalance to, um, to possibly getting carried away, that uh, easy to take the enthusiasm of the moment, the emotion of the moment, 
and to to in fact create something that isn't there. Now Matthew, he was at a Catholic praise and worship and probably charismatic type. Everybody was praying over everybody else. And then they looked at him. Yep. And they figured out, uh oh, hey, this dude, this dude isn't praying. We better go over here and pray over him so that he has the Holy Spirit. Matthew's thinking, ah, I better I better call Dr. Ray, see what he thinks of this. <laughs> hey, Matthew, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> well, very well put. <laughs> <laughs> well, take the prayers. You know what? The prayers are good. Amen. Now, if they said we thought, we, okay, if I were in your shoes and they told me, we saw three different visions over you, Matthew. The Lord was telling us this. I would smile and nod, and that's about all the further I'd go with it. <laughs> okay, that's how I was feeling. <laughs> I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go. Well, what did he say? You know, can you draw a picture? What What's going on? No, no. I just, I just. Okay, that's nice. Maybe, maybe it's legit. Maybe it isn't. But uh, I'm cautious. I'm cautious. I realize okay. what can happen when you get really enthused. Don't let it shake you, though. <laughs> No, it didn't shake me. I was just it was just for clarification from Faith First. It wasn't three distinct things over me. It was three different people there during the whole prayer thing. So, well, you must um, have needed it. it just, you know, everybody else was only getting one. You got three. That could be in your. No, three. I didn't get three. There was there was three separate people that got. I would just say like vision things from the people that were de- declaring that kind of. Oh, 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 oh. So, so they the people so. reacted with their own vision being prayed over. There was specifically people there that were able to, or, or well, let's just say, saw the things or felt the things in the room. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty active in my faith. I'm uh, in the Knights of Columbus. I'm you know I, I play guitar and praise and worship. I I pray while I'm playing. Um, so I'm not at all uh, afraid of the Holy Spirit in my life. I just as far as like people seeing things about you that you don't see yourself, how do we take that view as, as Catholics? Oh, how much salt do you have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, somebody's going to tell me, the Lord spoke to me, Ray, and told me this about you. You have a dark struggle, and you must you must shed yourself of it because it is keeping you from coming to the Lord. <laughs> I might look and go, oh, yeah? What is it? You might want to tell me because I'm not aware of it. <laughs> people can really get carried away emotionally and that's one of the that's one okay. of the risks in the in the enthusiasm of th- this kind of group gathering whether it's religion or anything else uh, there for a while back i don't know if you remember this it was in canada i think they had these kind of laughing fits and everybody would somehow get into a group and start laughing and pretty soon the laughing was becoming uncontrollable laughing it's like what we, we, we are very easily influenced social beings. Hence, many of the ideas that now have taken over our culture so quickly. So, given that, I mean, I, well, first of all, if you're asking this, Matthew, mm-hmm. if you're asking, am I denying the presence or the working of the Holy Spirit in a different way because my temperament, my nature, my approach doesn't lean that way. No, you're not. 
St. Paul says the Holy Spirit comes in many ways. Many ways. So that, that I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let it bother me at all. I just kind of like, well, it was very nice. Very nice to see all that and that kind of enthusiasm. I certainly hope that it's based okay. upon a very solid, rational approach and belief of the faith. Yeah. Well, then that's comforting. I took it with a grain of salt. Nothing, nothing to, to dwell on. I was just no. wondering how, how we how we view that, and you know, it was no. definitely a, a good experience. It was a great, great uh, praise and worship set. You know, it, I felt that people were connected, and it was very not so emotional. Just, and, but it wasn't just there for entertainment. So, no, that's yeah, right. And and you can't so. say they aren't legit. You can't say that they're not being sincere. Correct. You, you just you say essentially that's that's how they're approaching this, and it's a very different expression than my own. You know, I've never spoken in tongues. Now, some of my language is pretty bad, but I've never spoken in tongues. <laughs> so, you know, that, that that last experience I had as a charismatic was when I was a freshman at K Tech. You know, so all right, my friend. Hey, thanks for the call. I appreciate well, that. I appreciate you. I appreciate all you guys do. Thank you very much. God bless. You're welcome. Mary from Alabama was a federal corrections officer, and she said, Ray, you're full of beans. No, maybe she didn't say that. Did you say that, Mary? No, I did not say that. Oh, then it's Melissa. It's Melissa then, because she's, that's Melissa saying that. She's saying, Mary says you're full of beans. I said, I don't think so. I thought so. It's (laughs) it's a good thing we caught her. What What do you got to help me out with, Mary? I just wanted to commend you on your portrayal of the cycle of sexual abuse because, in my experience, it you are right on the money. And, and that is unfortunate that, you know, it's it's hard for people to wrap their minds around the fact that a person who was the victim of abuse could then in turn become the abuser. But that is exactly what happened. From victim to perp. Exactly. Yeah, yeah like you said, there, there are those few that maybe were not victimized, but the vast majority of them were. Um, again, that's just in my experience, um, having dealt with individuals. And your experience is a lot more broad than mine, Mary. <laughs> I just wanted to say good job. So wait a minute. You didn't say I was full of beans. So that's Melissa. No. Uh-huh. No. That was Melissa. Have... Yeah, I figured Actually, I gotta... not Melissa, because I didn't talk to Melissa. I talked to somebody else. But... You talked to Dan, a guy? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, heads are going to roll on this one. <laughs> 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 Thank you, sweetheart. I appreciate the call very much. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> You're Bye-bye. welcome. Uh, okay, if I take this call, i got two minutes. I'll have to carry her through the break. Anissa, I think I'm pronouncing that correct. Uh, His Mercy Radio. Uh, hi, Anissa. Hi. Thank you for the call. Huh. My son so was with me, and I was trying to get him to call, but uh, he said I could ask for him. Well, nice kid, huh? Hey, Mom, how old is your son, Anissa? He's 13. 13. Why is he so interested, you think, in Ouija boards? So I don't know if this is all kids 
I know that I've had siblings like this and that my son, if, if as soon as someone starts whispering, they're like, what? Wait, what? Or if you say, oh, yeah, no, 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 let's talk about that later to someone else, then they're like, wait, what? What are you, mm-hmm. you going to talk about later? And so it feels kind of that, like that same impulse. Um, I won't waste time telling you that he's steadfast in his faith and all these good things about him. I think he's a typical kid, and he has... Um, he definitely has desires to know more about God and pursue that relationship, but he's hungry for like, what? But what is it? What makes it? Is magic real? Do they have power? Can they okay. do stuff? What is a Ouija? All right. Yeah. You stay there, Anissa. Because uh, I want to I jump off this idea that you said he's a typical kid. I'm, I'm going to take it a little further than that. So don't go away. Don't leave me. And thank you all for your calls. And I'll try to get to all of you. This is Dr. Ray. What do we mean by intercessory prayer? The Catholic Catechism defines intercessory prayer as asking on behalf of another. It is a prayer attuned to God's mercy. It is a prayer of petition that leads us to pray as Jesus did. Jesus is the one intercessor with the Father on behalf of all mankind, especially sinners, because, says the Catechism, Jesus is able for all time to save the souls who draw near to God through him. Jesus lives to make intercession for such souls. When one prays intercessory prayer, he or she is looking out not just for one's own interest, but for the interest of others, even for one's enemies. The intercession of Christians recognizes no boundaries, says the Catechism. Prayers are extended for all men, for kings or for persecutors, and even for the salvation of those who reject the gospel. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. The following is a medical moment. Hi, I'm Bobby Schindler, brother of Terry Schiavo. Most people would be surprised to know that diagnostic testing standards for brain death diagnosis are not mandated in the U.S., and they vary greatly by state and hospital. Even among the leading neurological hospitals in the U.S., there are major differences. Studies show that up to 40% of people are misdiagnosed as brain dead, who are in fact conscious to some level with the potential to recover. In the 1960s, it became apparent that there were too few organs available for transplant recipients, and the brain death diagnosis was created. Now the number of those diagnosed brain dead has increased every year. Between 2012 and 2016, the brain death diagnosis increased by nearly 25% in the U.S. and now accounts for one in every 50 hospital deaths. A brain death diagnosis also means that all treatment stops because the person has been declared dead. This allows clinicians to remove life support, food and water, and harvest the person's vital organs. This medical moment brought to you by MyLifeAngels.com. I feel particularly guilty when there are some heavy questions up there, and there are many of them, and I want to get to all of them, but if I don't, I feel really bad. I don't know the percentages of people who call back, because the rule is when you're on the program at the end of the, at the, end of the show, you call back any time in the future, all the way up to Armageddon. And I can't spell our Armageddon, but so what? It's not the end of the world. And then you'll be first up, but it is only a small percentage who do that. Okay, so Anissa from Oregon has a teenage son, 13 years old, faithful kid, nice kid, but he's kind of curious. She says, I don't know if this is typical of that age, that he's kind of interested in this Ouija board stuff or anything else kind of associated with it. You still there, Anissa? I am. 
I'm going to take a step further, honey. I don't think it's typical of your 13-year-old son. I think it's typical of human beings. Ah, uh, yeah. There is something about us that is attracted to the magical, the mm-hmm. out of nature, the the evil, the evil. And so you can tell your son, okay, I got it, son. A lot of people are attracted to this stuff because it's mysterious. And you don't know what can do. But then you tell him, here's your problem. Most people who have been oppressed or, or the rare numbers who have been possessed by Satan have opened the door to him. And they've done this over a period of time by getting involved in things that are of the occult. The Ouija boards. You're kind of inviting this evil supernatural into your life. So tell them, yeah, I I understand you're fascinated. I got that. In a way, I am too. Don't understand really how evil works. However, that's a sign that you run from this stuff as fast as you can. Just because you're fascinated doesn't mean you have to embrace it. You know, I'm fascinated by how fast a sniper's bullet travels. (laughs) I'm fascinated that a sniper can take you out from 700 yards and you didn't even hear the bullet. It was supersonic and you're dead before you even hear the crack of the rifle. I'm fascinated by that. You're not going to stand in front of it, are you? No. No. I don't want to see how it works. Hmm. I think you need to tell your son of the dangers of this. He doesn't understand it. He just figures, okay, well, come on, Mom. A lot of my friends are into this. They're getting into it. Yeah, they are, son. We got to pray that they, they wake up. Mm. Be be strong about this. It's not something you play with. Yeah. And, and watch out where he Sometimes. goes, too. Watch out where he goes. Mm. His friends. Or don't tell me he has a smartphone and he says, don't tell me that. Of course tell not. Me? We've listened to your show regularly. Right, they do not. Go. I just saw a guy on, on uh, one of the uh, media outlets, and he just flat out said the number one most devastating thing to human beings and our connection has been the smartphone. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. Well, you're smart. Thank you, dear, for the call. Bless your heart. Stand strong. Okie dokie. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Anonymous call from California. Uh, Her son and her daughter-in-law have just decided that the Catholic Church is uh, something they want to be a part of, up to a point. Up to a point. There are certain things about the Catholic Church that they accept and that they like, but there are other things they don't. And of course, if they don't, then they have the authority to say, "I, I don't need to obey that. That's extremely inconvenient, and, and furthermore, I, I just think it's ugly. And, and Mom, just, just one thing, Mom, shut up. That's what they're telling their mother. Hi, Mom. Hi. <laughs> um, you got it so totally right. So well, you know, totally you know what happens, right. honey? Here's, was... here's what happened. You, you told them it was a mortal sin. You can't really say that. You can't say that. You don't know it's a mortal sin because you really don't know, as the church would teach, what they understand 
uh, what their sense of embracing of it is. It's a grievous sin, that's for sure, to go to communion or receive communion. I asked the priest, and he said it was a mortal sin. Well, theologically speaking, to declare something a mortal sin, and and this is this isn't just me. This is this is church teaching that basically says it's got to be serious, serious, serious matter. They got to know and believe it's serious matter, and they have to have full consent of the will. They have to say we don't care, we don't care. But here's your situation: they don't want you to bring this up at all, do they? No, they don't want they don't want me around at all. Ooh. That's it. You you severed the connection by saying this. Yeah, I did. Oh, wow. I did, didn't know that that was going to happen, but it did. You you is that the only time you said something like that? Yeah. That's it. One time. Yep. Whoa. What's that t- Okay, mom, you you be the shrink here. What's that tell you that if you make one remark from your belief and understanding of what the Catholic Church teaches. And they react and say, get out of our lives. What's that tell you? Um, I don't know. That's why I'm calling you. <laughs> That's why it's my show, isn't it? <laughs> That's right. You just blew it to get your own show. They know that. We were screening you for <laughs> your own show. You just blew it. Oh, no. The fact that they would react that intensely, instead of being able to say, well, that's my mother's stupid opinion. We don't agree with it. She's religious. Okay, fine. They can't do that. So their view was, how dare you? Oh, yes, yes, exactly. Say that to us. So, and they'll take it a step further. So now we know what you think. Now we know... That you think we are proceeding to live our lives toward hell. Okay, Mom. Well, it's just better than that you don't come around us. That's what I yeah. think that's what I think they did. Yeah, I think so too. All right. Well, are you interested but, you know, in trying to really realize that there's confession? You know what? They don't and care. I totally Mom, I've they don't totally care. Celebrated the child. They I don't mean, care. They're going to call him Little Paul, and I'm just like, "Yay, Little Paul!" Well, let, you know, let's hope. Like, let's hope and pray that they come around. Yeah. Um, but they don't care right now. No. You can't. You can't say, "Well, you need to go to confession." What do they need to go to confession for? They didn't do anything wrong in their minds. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. So I, yeah. here's the your question: wrong, Not them. Yeah, that's exactly. Here's here's the one thing left to you. Do you want to try to reconcile with them? Well, I love my son so much and my little grandchildren. Yeah. And, and you got to go to him. You got a wonderful person. You got to go to him. Well, you got to. Yeah, I'm sure your daughter-in-law has trouble. It's biggest. The biggest conflict is mother-in-law, daughter-in-law. That's that's dwarfs all the others. But you got to go to him, and you got to say, "All right, I'm sorry. It's it's not my judgment to pronounce it a mortal sin. Church would teach." that it's wrong, but uh, I still want you in my lives, and I will not say any more about this ever again. That's what I would suggest if you want to reconnect somehow, some way. My gut tells me that your daughter-in-law, that's not going to be good enough. Um, but at least it's a start. 
This is Dr. Ruth. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. Jesus Christ, as I say in my book, Extreme Makeover, Women Transformed by Christ, Not Conformed to the Culture, is the biggest woman's lipper that ever walked the earth. He was well ahead of his time in the way he related to women, the way he spoke to women, the way he included women in his ministry. If you don't believe me, go to the Gospel of John and read the encounter of the Samaritan woman. Jews did not mix with Samaritans. And yet there Jesus was sitting in a well, the Samaritan woman comes along. And she is coming at the middle of the day because she's living a very, very questionable life. She's coming to the well to avoid the looks and the stares and the comments and the gossip. She comes at midday when pretty much no one be around except there is God waiting for her at the well. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Can viewing art even online improve your health? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Viewing works of art can positively affect our well-being. Think of all the art we're surrounded by daily, in and out of church life. How about the beauty of nature, stained glass, and beautiful cathedrals, great works of art? The list goes on. According to a study, when participants view works of art, even on a screen, their mood is positively affected. Psalm 104 teaches us that God made the beauties of creation because He enjoyed them, and we should too. Think of it. You're on the road or you're stuck in your home, but you have access to a screen. Try viewing some great works of art. The possibilities for enhancing mental health and moods of seniors and those with health problems is immense. The study further suggests this brings us more pleasure in life. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on this at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Oh, I got enough time to get to you. Don't lose heart. Actually, don't lose connection. This is Dr. Ray. One, one thing I just want to share with you, this is sort of my own problem, and I try to share with people my problems too. I went to one of those sem- marriage seminars, you know, I'm listening to the instructor, and she said, it's very important that the husbands and the wives know things that are small but important to each other. So she knew that I was a shrink, and she knew I'd do all this stuff, and she said, "Uh, Dr. Ray, can you describe your wife's favorite flower? Of course I can. These guys are looking at me like, okay, that's an easy question. The guy's a shrink. So I, being sensitive... Touched my wife's arm very gently, and I said, um, it's Pillsbury, isn't it? Well, the rest of the conference didn't go that well. I just wanted to say that. I had to write my own letter to me and have her sign it. Yeah, that's, that's what happened. Carol has a tremendously complex situation, and obviously I can't do therapy here, and I can't give specific guidance. I can throw out a few pros and cons for... Carol away, but here's here's the gist. This is what Melissa wrote down. They took care of their granddaughter since she was two. Mom left, abandoned, went to jail, and dad's in prison now. The same child has made false accusations. That's scary. That is scary. They believe these were prompted. 
by the mother's family. They were unsubstantiated. Both parents are now released from prison. They're sharing custody, but they will not let grandma see their 12-year-old granddaughter. Hi, Grandma. Hi. I'd be scared to death. You know that? I'd be scared to death. Thank you, because we are. I mean, My no. husband and I are, are both scared to death. Well, you're missing what I'm saying I'm scared to death about. You think I'm saying I'm scared to death about the future of this child. That's true. I'd be scared to death about her accusations. Okay. If she already did this to you once, did she make accusations against your husband? No. She told, I heard her tell um, my son as they left the house that day, I'm not going to say anything bad about you, Daddy. I love you, Daddy. And I love Papa. It's Grandma I hate. Well, that's not an accusation. No, but she did tell the um, uh, uh, examiners that uh, um, I was uh, taking pictures of her and selling them on the Ooh, internet. Oh, now that is that's a big one. Oh yeah, and, it get, and, and she said that, that uh, I was following her into the bathroom and said said oh, terrible oh, things oh, about oh, me that oh, I I oh. wouldn't even think of doing. Wow, I would be very nervous about having this young lady back in your life because you can't know if or when she decides uh, she still continues to hate you and she wants to take you down. That would scare the heck out of me. Thank you for saying that. Uh, the lawyer who um, represented me did did mention that, that uh, um, he said to me, when uh, if you had cancer, what would you do? And I said, well, I did have cancer uh, a few years ago, and I took treatment, and I'm, you know, I don't have cancer anymore because, um, you know, the good medical care I had eradicated it from my body. How is that a parallel to what your granddaughter did? Well, um, he said to me, uh, my attorney said, um, what would you do if you had cancer? Wouldn't you get rid of it? Okay, and he so said she's as big of a threat as... Okay, um, that's, a, that's the point he was making. That's yeah, the parallel, yeah. right. Yeah, and, and I got to tell you, you know, I can't, I can't tell you what to do, but I'll tell you, I would be very frightened once a child has made an accusation like that. I mean, that's a big one. That, that could have put you in jail. You know that, don't you? Well, she rubbed her hands together, and she said that she uh, and her other grandmother and her mom and her aunt uh, were, were hoping that I would die in prison. It's sad, my dear. It's very sad. But for whatever the reason, it sounds like your granddaughter has got tremendous struggles. Tremendous. And I'm sad for her future, because if she's not going to be raised well probably without any kind of religion, maybe no stability. Right. Uh, right. And she, she probably has a smartphone that is shaping who she is and what she sees. Uh, then at this point, you probably are not in a position to be a loving grandparent. She, she won't let you. That's true. Mm -hmm. So, 
I know four, that uh, when, she, when, when she was uh, in, in elementary school, she's in middle school now, uh, she did well in school, um, and uh, my husband and I, and once her dad was home, uh, we all worked together while her mom was in jail to make sure that her assignments were turned in and that, uh, um, you know, she was prepared for school like a normal child would be, you know, like if it's bad weather, you know, the appropriate gear. And Carol, sort of you're thing. saying what happened? And what happened was the onslaught of adolescence, which can have an effect on a kid's brain, on the way they think, on what they want. Uh, and she wants more freedom than you gave her. And therefore, right. she was incredibly hostile toward the fact that you weren't giving her the freedom she wanted. And her parents would, you know. She got stuck with you, you know. And that's how she lashed out. And I'll tell you, it's frightening that these kids now know. They can make these accusations. And depending upon, you're lucky. You're really lucky. Because depending upon who explored it, you could have found yourself in court for quite a while, racking up all kinds of bills, and then even at that point, put on some kind of probation as a sex offender. So you're that, that one there is one that I would personally run from my dear thank you for the call god bless you this is dr ray be back the wisdom of mother angelica you remember the time i said on the air go to confession and when you're done go out and have a big ice cream soda celebrate and a man wrote to me he said you know i hadn't gone to confession in 30 years do you mind if i went and had a pizza I said, oh, have 20 pizzas. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. The Archbishop of Detroit, Alan Vigneron, published a little booklet called The Beauty of Truth. And it, it deals with this very question of words and the use of words. And it's a great sorrow, the Archbishop points out, when the quantity of words being expressed is at an all-time high and the consequences of ill-used words <laughs> are causing more harm to the cause of truth and the good of the human soul than maybe ever before. Are we part, as they say, are we part of the problem or are we part of the solution? Are, are we constantly carping uh, about society, church, uh, media, police? Uh, because if so, we're going we're gonna to have to go out of our way to demonstrate this kind of patience with one another, to let people think through things rather than, you know, immediately slam them with, I've got the answer for you, buddy. Words matter. Cresta in the afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. My wife just sent me this text, and I hope that Anissa is still listening. Uh, she said that the young man who's interested in Ouija boards and fascinated by them 
suggests that he watch the movie Nefarious. Yeah, that makes evil come to light. And there have been a number of experienced exorcists who said it was the most accurate portrayal of the influence and the possession of Satan that they've seen. It wasn't sensationalized. It wasn't it wasn't anything that was terrifying, only in the sense that it was so real. The devil is terrifying. Annie from Ohio, calling from Columbus, where, good Lord permitting, in uh, August 8th and 9th, I think it is, I forget what days those are, I think it's a Wednesday, Thursday, she can go to the St. Gabriel Radio website. We will be bringing the television show down there. That's right, four shows. They're going to, the Dominican University... So hopefully, if I answer Annie's question here with any kind of decency, she will come and be in the TV audience. Hi, Annie. Hi. I have a question. Well, you know what? Wait a minute. After the last caller, I just seemed so trivial. But anyway, just yesterday I found out that my 13-year-old granddaughter, she came over for Father's Day with her family, and she has been dumped from her group which was a popular group however i can't say that i love these kids and 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 she really needs another group but how do you get a 13 year old to do that one of the problems annie is that a lot of kids being raised in religious homes which would automatically make them a minority in our culture now uh are attracted to the pop group the cheerleaders the football players the cool kids Unfortunately, my granddaughter is a cheerleader, and okay. three of them all—they all three of them got dumped by this group. Well, yeah, uh, and, she and, may think it's terrible, but it could yeah. be a blessing because my experience with those groups is that oftentimes they're mean. They're mean to other people. Oh, they're mean girls. Oh, they are. Yeah. So, given that, um, what will her parents do about this? You said she pouts when she doesn't get her well, way. Well, they do a lot of they do a lot of comforting. Uh, you know, the arms around her shoulder, they talk to her. Uh, but I don't know what they'll do. One of them, one of the mean girls, is her mother's the daughter of her mother's best friend. I don't know how that's going to affect their friendship, but it probably will eventually. But I'm just this this summer has just been, and I didn't know it. But uh, I, this summer has just been really tough on her, and she cries a lot. And I just, what as a grandmother, what can I do? Your 13-year-old granddaughter have a smartphone? Oh, God, yes. Uh-huh. Oh, God, yes, which means yeah, she's I'll had do. one for a while. I mean, and she lives on it. I, I don't know that she's been bullied on this because I'm really trying to ease my way into well, this. Well, you don't have to be bullied. All you have to do is see how everybody else is so cool and you're not. Or that they have each other over for summer right. parties and they... right. I didn't invite you. That's right. Didn't invite you. Yeah, of course. You know, Annie, you're just just tapping into just another piece of trash, social trash, that early smartphones do. They just do. So this girl is daily, constantly reminded, you're not part of us. We don't want you anymore. Get away. I hope her parents say, okay. We're stepping in here. This is not happening. If you were drinking something that's making you sicker and sicker every day, I'm going to take the drink away. So I don't know what they're going to do about it. 
I don't know if there's anything you can do about it. Your grandma. What should mom and dad do? Well, I'd comfort her and make her well, there comes a, that they're doing the best. Well, again, there comes a point where you can overcomfort. All right. right. That's what I think they're doing. They so these, these girls have done this, and this happened weeks ago or months ago, and she's still grieving because she's still being reminded. So at this point, the parents might want to say, all right, enough of this. We're going to rethink cheerleading. If this is what cheerleading is going to do to you, it's not good. Okay. See, but they need to they need to take some action here. And the fact that this little girl says, "Well, if I can't have them as friends, I'm not going to have anybody as friends." Well, she's uh, she's been a little bit of a tough kid. She's one of those she's extremely sensitive and she pouts when she doesn't get her way. Stuff her way. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think that might be the base. I don't. I, I don't know. I've been around them, a, 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 the whole group of them, a couple of times, and whew, I mean, some of these kids, you wouldn't want your kid to be around there. That's exactly they're, right. They dress provocatively. That's they, exactly right, but, and I think the parents have to come to that conclusion. Yeah. But ask the parents. Yes, yeah, she does. Annie, ask the parents. Do you think that this group is helping your daughter? In her moral maturity or hurting her and see what they say and then if they say well it's kind of a mixed bag we're not really sure then you've Mm -hmm. answered the question they are hurting her so what do you want to do about it there's no doubt in my mind your your granddaughter keeps trying to get back in with these girls and they keep I don't want that they keep slapping no, her down. They, yeah. I don't want because yeah. they'll just do it again. Yeah, of course they will. They'll, they'll string her along until the next yeah. time. Of course they will. Yeah. yeah, who knows how these kids well, decide we don't want you anymore. Who knows? But it's ugly. I know. It's ugly. I just, I think, that, you know, there's so many kids today that are going to look back and think how much they hated junior high or middle school because... Uh, middle school girls can be very, very insecure. difficult. Very difficult. Thank you, mm-hmm. Annie. Thank you very much. Okay. Arthur! From Washington. Hi, Arthur. Thank you. We got a, you're right, we had a bunch of calls, people attending weddings of various types and struggling over what to do. And you said you got some suggestions. Hi, Doctor. Are you talking to me? Yes, sir. You're on the air. Don't say anything okay. dumb. Let me, yeah. let me do that. Okay. Um, I just wanted to, to add a, a, a little thing, you know, it, it, when Jesus was here, uh, I think you're looking at Matthew 10:34, somewhere around there, where he said, "If you, uh, I didn't come to bring peace on earth. I came to bring division. And mothers will be against daughters and mother-in-laws against daughter-in-laws and all that kind of stuff. And I just wanted to say, you know, if somebody is in the situation, they then have to say, well, am I willing to lose my family, um, you know, it, 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 rather, you know, rather than, um, am I going to appease my family rather than um, do what is right? And I think right. you put it pretty well, too. You know, if, that, if your family going to kind of... Uh, Arthur, i got to cut you off, my friend. You call back because I only got five seconds. This is Dr. Ray. Thanks for joining me here tomorrow. Good Lord, when I'll see you. Walk with God. Thanks, Melissa. Thanks, Dan. Thanks to you for keeping me company.
For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.